0: Hallelujah, we're going to shake off those heavy bands, and we're going to lift up our holy hands, amen, yeah. Jesus has done it, hallelujah, glory, well, Pastor Robert's not here tonight, he, so I'm honored to be standing here in his place, and isn't that amazing, praise God for anointed praise and worship, amen, hallelujah, thank you guys, that was awesome, Yes, every, everyone is fine. All is well. It's Pastor's Appreciation Month, and he's off enjoying himself, so it's all good. He's actually with my husband, so. My husband called me He called me a little earlier, a couple hours ago. He's like, well, Hannah, are you ready? I'm like, I, well, I might as well be. It's not going to happen, so I might as well just go with it. Go for it. Amen? Amen. Um, I know I've got a lot of friends out there. I want to shout out to my sister-in-law today. Sister-in-law, today's her birthday. and just I know she's watching. I love you, Kathy. Happy birthday, precious. Um, Let's see, is there any other announcements we need to make before I just start rolling, rocking and rolling? No, that was awesome. Just so grateful for the Holy Spirit. Amen. The pastor's been preaching about hearing the voice of God, and whenever he was preaching last Wednesday night, I was just like, you know, I felt like popcorn was going off on the inside of me. It's just like, boom, boom, oh my gosh. I'm like, that was the best message ever. And I keep telling them that every time. And just, they're always so good and so fresh off of the, uh, off of the plate of heaven. Amen. We're always getting the fresh manna. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, that Pastor Robert Lord always just take everything to Jesus every morning and evening. And, and he just flows right in and flows right through. And we're able to be a part of that. So anyway, uh, so as far as hearing the voice of God... Uh, I'm still learning. I've been filled with the Holy Ghost for 38 years and I still am learning how to hear the voice of God. So we're always in a learning process, right? It's always because we're we're grow, always growing and we're learning what is the voice of God and what isn't the voice of God. And even recently I... Um, I had, I was sitting uh, at my table and I had uh, two tops on because typically my house is a little colder than what I'm used to. So I have, I'm layered, you know, I'm layered up. And so I tossed off this uh, one shirt and I, when I did it, girls, you'll understand this because you, I'm sure you've done it before, and our earring went flying. And it was one of my favorite earrings that my girls had gotten me for Christmas. And I'm like, oh, I love that earring. I really, really want to know where it went. Where did it go? And I, so I was thinking about all these places. I'm like, Lord, and I, I have this little prayer. I said, Holy Spirit, look around. My earring's lost and must be found. Please help me find my earring. I do that all the time. And so anyway, I felt like I heard go look in the toy box, because we have the kids' toy box right over there, and I, you know, it could have just like jingle jangle down inside there, I'm like, oh, I don't want to go through the toy box, <laughs> because there's lots of toys, and if you take them all out, you got to put them all back, and so, I'm like, okay, well, I don't know if that was you, Lord, if that was just me, just me thinking about it, I don't know, I don't know, so anyway, I let it go, and Later on, it was like, oh, okay, I really, really want that earring. I have the other one sitting right here, you know, on my on my table so I can see it. And it sort of reminds me, it's like, how many of you guys have earrings that you're hoping to find the set to? I've got like three in my jewelry box. I'm like, I know it's going to show up. And if I get rid of that one, this is going to show up. I'm not getting rid of you because I like you and I think you're going to show up. So anyway, I go on and on. And finally... I decided to do this cleaning thing. And so I go through the toy box because I need to purge it anyway because it's filled with stuff that the kids don't play with anymore. So I'm going through it, going through it, going through it. I'm like, it's not here, is it, Lord? So I'm like, well, whose voice did I hear then? Whose voice was it that told me to look in the toy box? It was yours. It was me being hopeful. It was just me because it wasn't there, right? I mean, if it's not there, it wasn't the Holy Spirit because he knows where everything is. He knows all things. I'm like, well, you know where it is, and I hope you'll tell me where it is. I'm hoping that it's not in a dressing room where I actually tried something on for the first time in three years. It's probably sitting there in the, you know, you just don't think about it. Anyway, that's my story about, like, sometimes we hear the Holy Spirit, and we know that we know that we've heard Him, and we do it. We follow through, and it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, He'll prompt me to say... Call so and so right now, or text so and so right now, right now. Like he's like right now. I'm like okay, okay, I'm okay. I'm doing it. I'm I'm doing it. So I'm, whatever's on my heart, I just do it. And then all of a sudden, I get a text right back. It's like oh my gosh, that was I needed that so bad right now. You know he knows, but it's just discerning the voice, discerning the voices because there's so many voices, right? There's the voice of the world. There's so many voices out there. There's the voice in our head. Right? Then there's the voice of the enemy. We can kind of recognize that, right? Unless we become so familiar with him and we're like, it becomes part of us. Yeah? And then there's the voice of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we really want to get in tune with. And I've found that he usually comes, he's a still, small voice. And he comes when you've settled down and you... uh, have put all the other voices down. You're like, okay, I'm ready to listen now. I'm ready to listen now to you. This happened to me last Wednesday night. We were in worship. I was just like, I, I'm just, I just want to worship. I just want to be with you right now. Where are you? I want to be right there where you are. And all of a sudden I'm like, I felt him like right here in my presence. I'm like, okay, that's really close. And he says, you know what? I'm like, no, what? He's like, I'm jealous for you like, I want you. I am jealous for you, and I want all of you, and I'm like, oh my gosh. I just started shaking. I'm just like, okay, here I am. You have all of me. You can have everything, but it was such an amazing experience, and that's how I want to live. I want to live in having experience with him, not just saying, yeah, I know God, but experiencing him every single day, right? Hearing his voice We need to hear his voice. Well, the only way we're going to hear his voice is right here. This is how we're going to discern and know that was the voice of God. That was the voice of the Spirit. So, um, you know how you always know. It's like I kind of get little tips here, and let's see if I can find this. Uh, Of course, my phone's locked me out. Um, I want to read this to you. This was um, a quote that uh, Marilyn Hickey, do you guys know who Marilyn Hickey is? Oh my gosh, she's such an amazing Bible teacher. Um, anyway, she had posted this, and so I'm going to read it to you because it kind of goes along with what I'm talking about. She says, um, you need to have a radical faith in order to have a miraculous life. But to have radical faith, you need to speak the promises of God. All right. To speak the promises, you need to know the promises, to know the promises, you need to know the Word. To know the Word, you need to read the Word. So if you want to have radical faith, to have a miraculous life, you have to know the Word. There's no way around it. You can't, you can't jimmy around it. You can't skirt around it. It's You have to know what it says. So anyway, let's go to, um, Pastor, used John 10.10, 10, so we're going to go to John 10.10 10 and start there. Woo! Get your Bibles out. Yeah. Sorry. I forget. That's not my moment. That's his mojo, right? That's his uh, John 10. I love it, though. I love it. What is it? I can have it, too? Okay. I just forget. I forget. You know, I don't know if he has a reminder on his paper. I'd have to have a reminder that says, get your Bibles out on my paper. <laughs> I would. I swear to you. If I don't put it on there, I forget. Okay. John Ten Ten. We know what it says, but we're going to read it. So we have a thief, right? The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Did I say kill? I said kill. The thief does not come except to steal. I'm trying not to be a Texan. Kill, kill, and destroy. (laughs) I can't say it now. Kill. We know what it means, right? I have come, but Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. So we have a thief. And so we know if things are being stolen from us, it's the thief. We don't have to look around and try to figure out why is stuff being stolen from me? Why is my peace being stolen from me? Why is this happening? Why is that happening? We don't have to ask questions. It's right here. Jesus said, "The thief doesn't come except to this." Is all he does. That's his. That's his. Um. Uh, Mo. His mode of operation. That is what he does, and he's never going to stop, ever. He lost, and so now he's going to try to make sure that we lose. But we. Um, where does it say this? Um. 2 la, 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 la. Corinthians 2.11, you can go there. We're just going to flip around in our Bibles. Everybody has their Bibles, right? I just love flipping around in my Bible. Okay, 2 Corinthians 2 says, well, I have to prompt it with 2 uh, Corinthians 2.10, Paul's talking to the Corinthians, of course. He says, now whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sake, for your sake in the presence of Christ, lest Satan should take advantage of us. So he's wanting to take advantage of us, right? He's always looking for a crack. He's always looking for a loophole. He's always looking for you to get like, just give me a crack. Just give me, I'm going to sliver in because that's what I am, a snake and I'm going to sliver in and I'm going to get to you it says but it says we are not ignorant of his devices right. we're not ignorant no. but sometimes we are i'm just saying sometimes we're ignorant of his devices we are he's encouraging them saying hey for we're not ignorant of his devices remember so he's he's telling him he's like we got it we we got to live this certain way because we're not ignorant of his schemes. That that word devices means schemes. We're not ignorant of his ways. We recognize the thoughts that come and he's just like, mm, you know what? I think you have a right to not forgive that person. Just look at what they did. And he just sits here and he goes, yak, 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 yak. And you're like, and you get in agreement with them, guess what? You're ignorant of his devices because that's what he just did. He found a sliver, and he came in, and then we go to 2 Corinthians 10. Well, we're in 2 Corinthians, so just go to 10, which we talked. he talked about last week, too. Verse three, for though we walk in the flesh, here we are, we're all walking in the flesh today. High flesh. We do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not flesh, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Okay, so the stronghold is when we believe the lie. We're exchanging the truth for a lie. We're saying, yes, I'm going to get in agreement with you. Because I'm ignorant of your devices. Because his device is to steal. To kill and to destroy. That's, that's, that's what he's going to do all the time. And he's never going to stop. But if we're not ignorant, right? We'll be like, oh, wait a second. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not ignorant of your devices. I recognize that voice. That is not the voice of my father or Jesus or the Holy Spirit. That's the voice of the devil or the voice of the world. But I know that you're trying to take away from me right now. You're going to take away from my peace. You're going to take away from my, 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 uh, the presence of Jesus. You're trying to separate me from being with my God. Right. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They pull down strongholds. They cast down the arguments. So how many of you guys have arguments in your inside? Right? There's a poem that I learned. It says, two natures beat within my breast. One is cursed, the other blessed. The one I love, the other I hate, but the one I feed will dominate. Two natures. They're going all the time. All the time. You're feeding something 24-7. Even in your sleep, there's something going on. There's there's stuff going on. You can ask any brain person stuff's going on even when your body's sleeping you're filtering and you're sorting and doing all this kind of stuff what have you been meditating during the day is going to be filtered and sorted out at night when you're sleeping and then you're going to wake up the next day and it's going to be like mm, okay how are we going to start this day who am I going to feed today am I going to feed my spirit am I going to feed my soul because your spirit has been sanctified right. when you're in Jesus amen Because of the blood of Jesus, he's translated you out of the power of darkness and into the kingdom of the son of his love, right? So your spirit man is like, in kingdom. I'm walking in kingdom. I'm walking in the kingdom. But if you're not feeding the soldier that's going to go forth into victory, you're feeding the soul, and the soul's like, I'm going to arm wrestle you for that one. I'm gonna arm rush you for that argument because I think I'm right. <laughs> I don't know where that even goes. <laughs> Casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought, say every thought. Do you know how many thoughts we have in a day? Y'all, oh. exhausting. Oh, yeah. Especially women. We have like 300 times more than guys do. We do, it's proven. We do, we spin, we spin, 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 and men have their happy place, their empty box, where they can just go and just be like... I'm like, I'm serious, Like I'm like, hey babe, what are you thinking about right now? He's like, I'm literally thinking about nothing. I'm like, how can you do that? Are you kidding me right now? He's like, seriously, I was. there's nothing going through, there's nothing. I'm like, I wanna find, a, I wanna find that place. I want an empty box, how do we get an empty box? Wouldn't you like to have an empty box? Just a place where you go and it's just like, there's nothing, just peace. huh? The only place, only time I can really find that is Psalms 23. I can pretty much find a happy, empty place when I just, but it's still, I'm still meditating on what it looks like. There's no, it's not like a white space. It's not like a blank board. I'm like, babe, are you are you thinking about something? Are you thinking about airplanes? Or are you thinking about hunting? Are you thinking about... Work or anything. It's like, I literally, Tracy, I was not thinking about anything. I'm like, I'm so jealous right now. Father, forgive me for being jealous. I know that that's the soul, and I just, I'm sorry. I'm jealous because I want to be able to find that place because I'm just like spinning, 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 spinning. It's like, shh, come on. So when you get in the presence of God, that's when the peace comes, right? You take the soul man who's spinning and put him down. That's what I was doing today. I was like, I'm just going to be with Jesus all day long today, no matter what I do. Jesus is right here beside me, and that's what I'm going to do. Bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So we got to work on our own obedience, Right. I don't have to worry about your obedience. I gotta figure myself out. Am I being obedient in every area of my life? If you're if you are, you're a perfect person and you should probably be like Enoch and just walk and be with God. Right? I mean honestly, we all have we're all going from glory to glory, right? And we're not where we were last year at this time, and but we're not where we're 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 gonna we're gonna be this time next year, right? We're works in progress. But our goal is to always be going further and higher with Jesus. Amen? Amen. OK, let's see. Um, Ephesians 6.10. It kind of goes right along with what we're talking about right here and about the armor of God. How many of you all like verbally put on the armor of God? Way to go. OK, perfect. Um, I think it's I think it's important to do it, just say it and verbally confess it out of your mouth. You know, the devil just really hates it when we're confessing the word. He really, really hates it. He he cringes, he runs. He doesn't like it at all. Ephesians six ten says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Say the power of his might. His might. Not by my might nor by my power, but by his spirit, right? His power. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles. And that word wiles means schemes, the schemings of the devil. There he is again. But put on the whole armor that you may be able to stand against it. You're going to have armor on, you're a soldier. For we do not wrestle, here we go, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So there we go again, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, so quit looking around thinking that that's your enemy. It's not, it's not. I'm going to shake you and say, it's not. We're wrestling against enemies who have been assigned to you. They're familiar with you. And many times you've heard them called familiar spirits. And they've been following you your whole life. They know everything about you. And they know they know your weaknesses. And they know how to trip you up. 100%. I'm not lying. They do. And so what happens is they just watch. And they listen. And this is what I've found about. Um, they cannot read your mind. But they can feed stuff into your mind. But they, they can't read your mind. And the only way that they know that they've gotten through is by what you say and what you do. I just made a rhyme. I like it. The only way that they know they've gotten through is by what you say and what you do. And if you listen to it and you start meditating on it, you're going to end up saying it. And then you're going to end up doing it. And that's when they know they've got you. And Pastor kind of touched on that last, last Wednesday. And I was like, Yes! I know that's to be true. So if we just ignore it, it's just like, pfft. it's almost like, you know, you're sorry, there's like, just stick it and you just push it and take the face. It's like, ugh. it's like, I have no time for you. I just rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And I plead the blood of Jesus over my mind. The blood of Jesus has defeated you. You are defeated foe by the blood of Jesus. And you have no place in my life. You need to go in Jesus name. Just go, replace it. What was the thought that he was trying to get you to say and to do? Replace it with the word of God. Replace it, because he's given you the helmet of salvation, right? You remember that corn, that corn the crown of thorns that were crushed into Jesus' head? That was intentional and on purpose, so that you could have the mind of Christ. You can have the mind of Christ because of what Jesus did, and you just appropriate it by saying, I have the mind of Christ because of what Jesus did. I didn't have to do anything for it. I get it because Jesus already did it, and I'm applying it to my mind right now. I have the mind of Christ. I mean, you just got to kind of get in their face, right? You got to be radical. You got to be a soldier. You can't just be a wimpy kind of (laughs) like, that thought keeps coming to me, and I just can't get rid of it. I don't know what to do. You do know what to do. You get out your word, the sword of the spirit, right? That's part of your armor. Okay, so we're going to take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand. Say withstand. Withstand. So that means you're standing. We're withstanding in the evil day and having done all, what does it say? To stand. We're standing. We're not retreating. We're standing. We're not giving in. We're not giving up. We're going to stand against the enemy. Because he's coming after you, twenty four seven. He's not going to leave you alone. you understand me? He's not going to leave you alone. But you're like, but now when you're illuminated, the word says once you've been illuminated, he's going to be like, oh, <sighs> they're up again and they're glowing. We just don't know what to do with these glowing people. They're just surrounded by the glory of God, and we just can't touch them. Wouldn't you like that to be their declaration over your life? You wake up in the morning, it's just like. <laughs> I hope you ate your Frosties this morning, devil, because I'm coming after you, and you're going to flee from me, right? Isn't that what what the scripture says? Submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I just love this so much. Okay, Uh, let's see. So, okay. So the armor, I don't really want to go through the armor. I want you to do your own little study about that with the armor of God. But anyway, it, it covers everything and it's all defensive except for the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And so I'm going to be teaching Sunday school about the believer's authority and we're going to be sharpening our sword so that both sides are sharp. So it doesn't matter if you're sling this way or you sling this way, something's going to get chopped up because we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're wrestling against something you cannot see, but I promise you it's there, and it will flee when you resist it. But you have to resist. You can't give in. You can't sit in your chair and start feeling sorry for yourself and say, this is so hard. I can't do it. Well, you can, because the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. When you asked Jesus to come and live in you, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit, And if you aren't filled with the Holy Spirit and able to speak in tongues, I highly recommend that that's the next step you take, because once that happened in my life, I was like, whoa, this is like supercharged Christian, right? When you get filled with the Holy Ghost, it's like, whoa, like the word started coming alive, and I started feeling his presence, and I started experiencing him, I'm hearing his voice, I'm like, wow, how come everybody doesn't know about this? How come some people don't believe it? This is the most amazing gift that's ever been given on earth. All right. You need it. I mean, for the day and age that we live in today, you definitely need that. Um, let's see here, First Peter five eight. I think that we haven't gone there yet, have we? First Peter. Oopsie, going backwards here. Okay, what time is it? I'm doing good. Five minutes. Okay, five eight. Okay. La la la. Well, we'll start in verse 6. 1 Peter 5 6. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care. Say, all your care, not some, not what you think he can handle. Not what you think you're going to hold on to something It's like, okay, Lord, I got this today. I don't need to give you this care today because I got this one. He says, cast all your care upon him. Because why? He cares for you. He wants you to give it all to him because he cares for you. He's like, hey, come on. Just like I was praying during the worship. It's like he wants it all. He's like, I'm going to give you something that you can handle because he cares for you. Then it says, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, who's your adversary? Hello? The devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Okay, so here he is. And I've heard a lot of people say, like, he's toothless now, but he's not toothless. I promise you. The devil can hurt you if you let him. He will tear you to pieces. he He will take a Christian and he will tear you to pieces if you do not know your authority in Jesus. I'm not kidding you. I've watched it happen to Holy Ghost-filled people. You have to know your authority. You have to know that you have won because of Jesus, and you have to stand and take your authority. You don't get just to say, Jesus, Jesus, look, the devil's after me. Jesus is like, hey, I gave you everything. I gave it all to you. Go get him. Go get him. Sick him, girl. Sick him, girl. I'm like, okay, you got this. I'm going to take him. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Remember, your faith is your power. Faith is what pleases God. Faith is what gets all of heaven behind you. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, but with it, you can do all things, right? Steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Everybody's going through it. There's no one that is exempt from being tormented or attacked or tempted or touched by the devil. That's right. You're not. That's right. It's how you approach it is where your victory is going to come. The confidence that you have in knowing that I'm confident because of Jesus. I don't have anything in myself. But it's because of Jesus and what he's done on the inside of me, right? The power of the spirit that's on the inside of me. It's like, I know I've got this because of Jesus, not because of me. And, he, and they know the difference. They know the difference when you know your authority and when you don't. They do. I've been around long enough that I've seen it all. It's like, wow. Wow. But once you know your authority, he will, he will run. He will flee just like the word says. He will flee from you. Um, The one, I was just trying to think of some examples in the Bible, because Pastor used some really good ones last week, and um, the one that I get a kick out of so much is Peter. Um, Peter, he just loved Jesus so much, but I think he just thought a little bit more highly of himself than he ought to, because, um, let's see, I think it's, in, in uh, let's see, oh, I didn't put it down. I put Peter sixteen. Isn't that great? No, that's not First Peter. Um, in Luke twenty two, I'm almost done. This is gonna be my last little bit here because I just want to tell the story about Peter, because he's just he's just so common. He's just like us, right? He has such great intentions, and don't we just have good intentions when we get rolling? And then all of a sudden, it's just like you get hit upside the head. It's just like, wow, where did that come from? Ow, right? I mean, sometimes you're just like, ow, where did that come from? Like even today, it's just like I'm preparing. I'm preparing my heart. I'm just thinking about Jesus. I'm taking care of some business, doing different things like that. And something happens. I'm like, ah, I recognize you. I know what you're trying to do, and you're not. It's not going to work. Na-na-na-na. Oh, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just forgive and I release and I just do all the things that I know. It's just like, and it just sends them running because they can't stand it. They can't stand it when we plead the blood of Jesus. They can't stand it when we forgive, when we release. They can't. The devil hates that stuff. He cannot, he just runs away with his hands on his ears. When we're tenderhearted, forgiving one another, he just, it just makes him insane. It does. I promise. He's just like, oh. I didn't get her that time. Okay, Luke 22, 31. Okay, here we go. Let's see if this is the right one. No, this is actually the one where uh, Jesus said... he just out of the blue. Like, they're talking about who's going to be the greatest. They've just had communion with Jesus. And now they're discussing who's going to be the greatest among them. Like, they've totally freaked out with this whole blood and you're going to eat my flesh and drink my blood and all this kind of stuff. And they're like you know, he's going to establish a kingdom. Like, they think he's going to establish a kingdom right there on earth, right? Because they're here having a dispute among them as to which of them should be the, considered the greatest. This is um, Luke twenty-two twenty-four, 24. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. That's not my kingdom. He who is the greater, he says, I want you to be the servant of all. In other words, he, he basically just tells him, he's like, I want you to be the one that serves. Because that's how I am. Be like me. But anyway, down to the bottom, in verse 31, the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. So Satan came to Jesus, y'all. He's like, I want Peter, I want Peter, I want Peter. Give me Peter, I can sift him. He'll be like wheat. I'll crush him. Satan came to Jesus and asked him. He says, Jesus told him right there. He asked that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you. How many of you want Jesus praying for you? Do you know he is? He's seated at the right hand of the Father right now, always making intercession for you. He is, to the, to the one who is, um, what's the word? Uh, accuser, the accuser of the brethren. He's constantly coming and Jesus is like, nope, can't have him. Nope, can't sift him. Nope, can't do it. He's constantly trying to get to you. And Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father right now, always making intercession for you. 24-7, he's interceding for you. He's interceding for you. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, so he already knows that he's gonna walk away. But he also knows he's gonna return. He's coming back. So we already prophesied it over him. Isn't that beautiful? Don't you just love that about Jesus? He always knows the best about you. He's like, I've already written your days. Psalms 139:16 says, I've already written all of your days. They're in a book. And I'm ready for you to fulfill them. Once you become born again, it's like that book is opened up and it's like God's like, oh, I'm so excited. They're gonna fulfill all their days. I can't wait for it to all come to pass. So right now, you're fulfilling the, the days. All the all the all the words that God wrote about you have already been written, and you're fulfilling it right now. Amen. He says, After you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. And I just think that that's the best word for us to end with is that we can make a decision that tonight we just leave all the heaviness here. And we we put on our armor and we determine that we are going to be soldiers for Jesus every single day, that we're not going to let the devil win in our life, or in our family's life, we're going to stand in the gap for our children's children, for our friends, for our church, for our towns, for our nation. We're going to stand strong. The word says that we can walk side by side, contending with a single mind, for the glad times of the gospel, the good news, right? We're going to have good news everywhere we go. Every person that we come across their path, we're going to have good news, Amen. We're not going to be going, uh, you know, complaining and murmuring and talking about one another and gossiping and all that. Now that does not please God. That's what allows the devil to come in and say, ha I caught you without your armor on. That's what he does. He's constantly looking for it. I promise you. So anyway, strengthen the brethren. When you come to church on Sunday morning, go find somebody to encourage. There are We have so many new people in our church right now. It's like Sunday morning, it's just like, what? Wow. So all of you veterans, you know, just find somebody that's sitting there going, I don't know what I'm doing here exactly. I just feel like God wants me here, but I'm I'm looking around. Just go and just everybody needs a hug. I mean, you know, just everybody needs a hug, a handshake, a smile. Welcome. Hi, how are you doing? Where are you from? I mean, just conversation. It just makes people feel welcome and and wanted. Amen. Amen. I'm so excited about what God's doing in our church, it's so beautiful, it's so beautiful, the devil will not win, he will not win, he already lost, I mean, he already lost, but he's still trying to make us think he won, but he's lost, he's defeated, but he still has rule right now, so we're just going to take our ground, we're going to stand our ground, and we're going to further the kingdom. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to come in this place with my friends and just share the word of God. I just thank you so much that it goes into the good ground of our heart, Lord, that we take heed to it. And even myself, Lord, some of the stuff like, wow, okay, yes, we're going to do it. We're going to put on our armor. We're going to strengthen our brethren, and we're going to remember to submit ourselves to you and resist the devil because he has to flee, Lord. We just thank you so much for the opportunity to be here, and let our light shine before others in such a way that they see our good works, and it brings you glory. Be glorified, Lord, and when you bring us back together on Sunday, just help us to strengthen the brethren, to be a light to everyone, and to just let the love of God that shed abroad in our hearts just pour out onto other people like you wanted us to do. In Jesus' name, amen.